Friend, today is the day I am giving a keynote speech that I am so excited to bring to you. It is called How to Finally Feel Confident and at Peace in Your Body, Plus Save Time, Energy, and $2,000 a year. And I have a free VIP ticket for you to stream right from the comfort of your home, your car, your walk, wherever you are out in the world today at hillaryrushford.com slash body peace, or the link will be in the description. It is like the podcast, but live where we can chat right afterwards. You can see me throughout. You are not only going to hear me, I also have some very beautiful things for you to look at that will just help you to sink in and understand the content even better. This is the kind of speech, quite frankly, that I would get paid a lot of money to go give someplace. And you and I would both have to put on shoes and pack our suitcases and get on a plane and there would be flights paid for and hotels that have to be paid for and conference tickets and all of that. But instead, I'm bringing it to you for free, but with the exact same quality and depth and energy that you would get in person. And you are getting a VIP ticket, which means you get access immediately after to the Q&A with me. And if you have not been on a live Q&A with me before, they are kind of legendary. Live Q&As are kind of my jam. I just get in the zone, I get in the flow. It is my favorite way to hang out with you. I only do them a few times a year and I stay until every question on the Q&A has been answered, um, as many of you as I can get to. So please take advantage of this time to come hang out live. I would love to um, see your name on there. Plus, today is also when the doors open for what makes women feel beautiful. For me personally, but then I'm gonna tell you what this has to do with you. For me personally, this kind of feels along with my wedding day, like one of the most important days of my life. And that's because since 2016, my goal for seven years has been getting this teaching to a wider audience creating the space in my own life where I could more deeply research the answer to this question of what makes women feel beautiful for you. For seven years, I have known this is the main thing that I feel called to help you with, to set you free in and help and set myself free. And there's been seven years of so many other goals of saying just a little more this or a little more that so that I can get around to, I can make the space for the number one thing. And friend, that day is finally here. It is finally here for you. And as soon as that is live today, I will update the description here as well. But you may know if you've been listening to the pod that around February, March, late February, early March, I something crazy happened in my life, which I haven't been able to share the story of. Will I will, that's another story for another time. But I, for that, those reasons, I happened to see something that was about astrology and it felt so incredibly relevant to what I was going through right then. I was like, guys, I've never really been into astrology, but astrology is really speaking to me now. So I said on Instagram stories, who should I be following for astrology? And far and away, y'all said Chani. So uh, Chani Nicholas of the Chani app. So I started following and the other day she pops up on my feed and she's like, the day I need you to pay attention to is June 21st. And I was like, wait, what? June 21st is the apex of seven years of work for me. What? I didn't know what I, June 21st is just when it happened to fall. Turns out that today is the summer solstice. And summer solstice 
has an energy of initiation, moving in a new direction, flourishing. This is the harvest. You are entering into a whole new vibe. Friend, that means that today is a transition day, a transition moment, a transition season for all of us. And you are invited into that. I have been preparing for seven years for the harvest that I am ready to gift you today. And you can catch that vision starting at hillaryrushford.com slash body peace. Join me live for one of these keynote speech presentations. If you hear this after the fact, we will send the recording for those who have registered and have that live for a few days. So don't feel FOMO if you hear this after the fact. I cannot wait to see you there. I cannot wait to see you inside What Makes Women Feel Beautiful. But first, I am so excited about today's chat. So let's get started with the show. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Hello, lovely. I read some articles over the weekend that I have been thinking about and dying to chat with you about, and they really, to me, are about further clarifying why I believe my approach to what makes women feel beautiful is so different than the vast majority of messages, teaching, options that we're receiving. And that's not because I'm trying to be like, hey guys, look at how what I'm doing is so different because of me, Hillary. I'm trying to do it to say, Friend, it's so different than what else we're getting and what else we've been offered is not making us feel any better. It's, it's not working. It's never enough. And even in the ways in which we already feel and know that, it's actually even more problematic when we look a little deeper. And that my approach instead to what makes women feel beautiful is not just about what's going to make you happier, though that is an incredibly important first step. Because you can only love others if you, well, if you're really loving yourself, right? We all have to put on our own oxygen mask first and someone who is, you know, they say hurt people, hurt people, healed people, heal people. We got to heal ourselves if we want to be better friends, sisters, leaders, creators, mothers, all of the things. So it is very important that it's going to make you happier, that it's going to make you feel more at peace in your body, your beauty, your life, yourself, all of the things. But then it's also not just enough to feel better about yourself. Because if you want to be anti-racist, not fat-phobic, you want to be pro-women, you want to be inclusive, you want to love your neighbor, you want to be kind, you want to make sure that what you're modeling is healthy for your daughters, sons, nieces, granddaughters, the girls that are in your dance class, on your soccer team, you know, that you're a teacher to, etc. You also want to make sure that we aren't just pursuing a definition of beauty for ourselves, that we get it, we feel peace, and then we look around and realize, oh, wait a minute, I achieved this only by getting Botox, and Botox is not affordable to a large percentage of women. So if this is really what my definition is in, then I'm saying not all women can financially afford to meet me here. 
Now, that doesn't mean that I don't get Botox. It just means that I question it and I go, okay, so I guess I'm totally fine with it right now because I am a work in progress. I'm a work in progress and I'm here for it, but I'm just at least going to notice. I would love if I could feel beautiful in a way that also required less financially. And so therefore my friends that are like in a different financial bracket than I am, that are, you're really on a budget. I didn't feel more beautiful than them just because I have more money. And and I'm just going to think about that. I'm just going to ponder it. So I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Let me back up and say, the two words that sum up my mission are beauty positive. Beauty positive. That's what I am out here in the world passionate about and advocating for. Now, it sounds similar to a phrase that we've heard for a lot of years in culture, which is body positive. It is very different to me because I don't need you to feel positive about your body in order to feel positive about your beauty. Now, they could be related, but they also could be unrelated. And I think there are a lot of people for whom they may never feel positive about their body because their body is, um, they are disabled, they are ill, they are angry at their body. They live in a culture that tells them at every turn that they should not feel positive about being in a larger body. And so to say they need to ignore all of that indoctrination, ignore all of that reality of fat phobia and judgment and all of that, and just pretend to be positive. It's If it speaks to you, amazing. If, uh, if it speaks to you, amazing. But I think there are a lot of women who are lost, who are left out of that pursuit because they're like, I don't feel positive about my body. Is there, is there another option? Because I'd like to feel better, but starting with feeling positive about my body that that as young as three years old, the research shows that we can, we are already know to identify larger bodies with more negative characteristics and smaller bodies with more positive attributes. So if we got that as young as three years old, now you're 33, 43, 53, 63, you've got decades of that indoctrination in you. Friend, you may not be able to get to body positive. At least you may not get there this year. So that feels like such a high bar for so many of us to reach when for decades we've been staring at, you know, for me, my stomach, for you, your thighs, whatever it is, this one part of your body that I still don't feel positive about my stomach after all the work that I've done. Now, the next uh, sort of step down from that that some people embrace is body neutrality, which says like, which kind of is, is on the same team as I am, which is like, maybe we just can take less, less emphasis off the body and we don't need to, our options do not need to be loathing her or loving her. What if we just kind of remove it? Uh, Sonia Renee Taylor, who wrote The Body Is Not an Apology, beautiful book. Uh, she says something to the effect of when you've been at war with your body your entire life, body neutrality offers a truce. It's like, I'm going to stop fighting with you. I'm just going to let you be. Now, I love the piece of that, but neutrality, to feel neutral about yourself does not feel particularly inspiring or hopeful to me, right? It doesn't feel like a very joyful way to live. I just feel neutral about myself. I'm kind of neutral. 
Like that, we, we do want to be like, I feel, I feel good when I'm just with me. I feel good. I feel proud of myself. I feel happy just being in and with and of myself. So I do want the positivity. I just think that it is a big leap for most of us to actually feel positive about our bodies. And again, if you can get there, amazing. Amazing. It has blessed so many people. That movement has helped so many people. Now that movement also was created for people in larger bodies than myself. But I think even those of us in smaller bodies resonate with it because every woman I know can tell you what her problem areas are, what the areas are that she would like to be smaller or tighter or this or that. So there are very few women who do truly feel positive about their bodies. And again, if they, the, those women that do, I believe them. That is wonderful. But many of us aren't there. So to me, neither of those, in my opinion, are healthy enough joyful enough, inclusive and honest enough. Whereas beauty positivity is very healthy all across the board, joyful all across the board, truly inclusive and welcomes everyone and is really honest about the stories we have that exclude others. So I'll explain more about beauty positivity in a minute, but let me tell you about this first article. So I saw this a handful of days ago. There was some plus size influencer on TikTok, someone I was not familiar with. And, you know, the headline was like that she's, she's facing all this backlash, et cetera. And what she had done is she had partnered with a cellulite cream. And I didn't even watch the video. I just am like reading the, the article for summary here. She'd partnered with a cellulite cream and she had said uh, something to the effect of as much as I like want to love and embrace my body, I also want it to look as good as it can. And this is an area that's been bothering me. And I really like how this company does their marketing in a way that doesn't shame bodies. And I, she was really kind of saying, I wanted to be able to do something different in this space. I think that we can talk about improving, like wanting to feel better about our bodies without shaming them, et cetera. Received tons of backlash. Ultimately, the problem is that we have an all or nothing belief that you either have to love your body totally or you are a fraud. That to be a plus size influencer, to be a body positive influencer means you must love your body at all times and you must never want to change her. She must always look exactly as she is which is completely unrealistic. Completely unrealistic if anyone is putting the tiniest amount of energy into being like, I'm gonna just put on some tinted moisturizer today. Well, that means you're changing your body, right? You'd like it to be a little less dry. You'd like to protect it with some SPF. You'd like to give it a little bit of color when you're not putting on makeup. I mean, that's changing your body. So is every woman in this comment section doing nothing? She's not putting on a dress and thinking, you know, I think this cut is a little more flattering than that other dress. I think I'll go with this one. She's not thinking that at all. It's just completely unrealistic that you are never going to want to do anything that feels beautiful. And it's completely swinging the pendulum in the other direction. Instead of the the response to saying culture patriarchy, white supremacy, 
religious shame, all of this is telling us there are certain ways our body has to look. Your body has to be sexy. Your body has to be covered up. You, you've got to show off your boobs. You should never show off your boobs. You should, I mean, we get all of these mixed messages that are about other people telling us what they think is beautiful. Friend, the opposite of that is saying, I decide what I feel beautiful. And right now, what we're doing in culture is just saying, no, no, we, the peanut gallery, decide what is beautiful. All we're doing is removing women from the control of culture, patriarchy, white supremacy, and then saying, no, 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 we, the fellow women, will instead control you. We now get to decide what you think, what we think is beautiful in your body. What is body positive enough? Friend, it's just like you got out of an abusive relationship and now you are becoming the abuser. You, you're trying to break free from Western beauty standards and diet culture, but instead of actually freeing other women, you're just trying to put them in a cage at the other end of the spectrum while being hypocritical and talking out of both sides of your mouth because you're putting some concealer on your zit. Like you're doing something to make yourself feel a little more beautiful. You're wearing a, a, a color that you love because it looks great with your eyes. There is no reason to be shaming women for doing whatever makes them feel beautiful. Now, to be honest about it, if you are an influencer, absolutely. If this woman is out there taking Ozempia and losing weight and lying about it, okay, then that is problematic. But if she is being honest about her pursuit, which we are all on, to feel a little bit more beautiful as she undoes the decades of indoctrination that we are under and finds a way that is less harmful and healthier to still reclaim her beauty without shaming her that she isn't fully out from under the indoctrination because none of us are. I mean, I'm not going to say none, but very, very few people. I don't know anyone who is. I'm sure there are people out there that truly have like screwed the whole thing and have a beautifully you know, healthy perspective on it. I'm going to say 98% of us are still deeply struggling under this indoctrination. So why are we not coming from a perspective of grace? The same grace we want to give ourselves. And that's why it's damaging. Not only, I mean, I don't know this woman. I'm not personally defending her for any reason. But every woman in the comments who is judging her is, is harming themselves. Because they're saying to themselves, you should be ashamed anytime you want to feel more beautiful and are honest about the complexity of that dance, that you want to embrace yourself as you are, but also you want to feel beautiful. And what parts of that are problematic and what parts are not? Because we enjoy beauty. We love peacocks and bouquets of flowers and sunsets and colors and texture and art and Degas paintings and red lipstick and dresses and beautiful floral prints and making your eyes pop and the way you get your hair to curl or whatever it is. All of that is just beauty. We steal it from ourselves when we associate that the idea of feeling more beautiful is only for the white Western patriarchal beauty standards. We steal it from ourselves. What we are here to do, my friend, inside what makes women feel beautiful is to reclaim it, 
to reclaim that we can feel beautiful. There's a very powerful story that I'm going to share with you in the um, keynote that I'm giving that really encapsulated this for me many years ago, um, a, a woman named Helen. I'll tell you her story. But this is what it means to me that we are reclaiming beautiful to say beautiful is an innate feeling inside of yourself. It doesn't have to be associated with these white Western patriarchal beauty standards. But the other, but the healing of that is not saying you should never want to feel more beautiful. And for this influencer who I imagine has done beautiful, inspiring work to love herself, she also wants to feel more beautiful. And that could be cellulite cream, or that could be a little bit of concealer on a blemish, or it could be lipstick, or it could be a great fun fringy dress. Why do we want to take any of that from her? And I also think what was problematic in these comments is that we shouldn't be looking to any other woman as our ideal, as our, I mean, just in general on the internet, friends, we should never be looking at, does this person agree with me 100%? Do I co-sign their behavior 100%? Because I've said this a zillion times. I do not agree on every single thing with my husband, my mother, my best friend. No one in your life agrees with you on every single thing. Whether you think that's the best Taylor Swift song, whether you think Taylor Swift is unrelated, whether you like that color of green or it like looks like puke to you or it looks very chic to you. No one's gonna have all of your same opinions. We have to stop controlling others and allow ourselves to be different. Allow for that diversity. Allow someone to make a call for that's right for them, and it can be wrong for you without it meaning they are wrong. All you need to believe is that someone is doing their best and has a heart to be kinder to themselves and others. If you believe someone is doing that, that is enough then for it to look different. Now, if they have different values to you and you're like, I think this person is harming others. I think they're harming themselves in their behavior. I think that it is unhealthy, then you can unfollow. But as women, to put more pressure on other women to now live up to our standards You're so angry that, you know, growing up in the Christian church, somebody made you feel badly for showing off your body or in school, they made it, they make it seem like girls' bodies are the problem instead of boys, or you are, you resentful that society has said that smaller bodies are better and you, you, you just, that's not the body you were born into. It doesn't matter how often you go to the gym. This is going to be your body and it's never going to look, you know, it's never going to be a size two. These are the bones in your body. Like... You can be so frustrated at the pressure that culture has put on you to to be beautiful enough, to be thin enough, to be young enough, to look right. But then if you're putting that same pressure on other women with a judgmental thought or comment, because maybe a lot of you wouldn't leave that comment, but you might think it, or you might unfollow because you were like, oh, she did something that I didn't like. I'm just, I'm going to unfollow there. Now we're just, pu- we're just taking that same pressure that's put on us and we're putting it on other women. Friends, we are then the problem. Again, like I say, you get, you break free of the abuse, but then you become the abuser as opposed to realizing that the freedom means you just free everyone. The problem is the pressure in the first place. The problem is fearing 
that if I do something that makes me feel beautiful, someone else is going to tell me that I'm wrong, that I should be ashamed, that I am doing too much, that I am not doing enough, that I am caring too much, that I am caring too little. All of that, friend, is the exact same pressure that these outside stories are putting on us in the first place. And I have compassion for all of us because we've gotten so much of that pressure for so long, we don't even realize that we're doing it, right? It's just in our DNA. It's just in there. I have a friend that just became a parent a couple years ago. Their oldest is maybe two. And I saw him at a wedding last weekend, and he was like, you know, it's really interesting. I thought I had healed so much of the stuff from my childhood until I became a dad. And he was like, suddenly things came out that I, I, th- I thought I'd healed that. I thought I'd put that to bed. But in the context of a parent-child relationship, it came out in a way that it hadn't in the 10 years of my marriage before we became parents. So I thought I was doing good because my wife wasn't triggering me in those areas. But then all of a sudden my child is because it's actually in the area of parent-child relationships. Friends, we are healing in the areas of our beauty. We need so much healing in the area of our beauty to not keep perpetuating this to one another. We are doing our best, but no one has ever offered us the holistic education to actually heal in this way so that the harm that was done to us, we don't keep passing on because of a salacious article headline that we click on and we give more more um, you know, validation now to that online publication to say, yes, I want this negative commentary about women. As a woman, that's what I want to read. That we don't um, leave the comments. We don't even have the thoughts because the thoughts that that influencer is never going to hear. You're so proud of yourself you didn't leave a comment. But just having the thought, you're telling yourself that that pressure exists. And then that's going to come out in a conversation to a friend next week when you're going to be complaining. And now you're telling that friend that that pressure still exists. You know, I was thinking about how the, another article I read was about, um, and just like that, the new Sex and the City show, which does anyone else feel like every time you say it, you have to clarify that it's the new Sex and the City show. I don't feel like, and just like that is a memorable, is there something about the title that I just feel like every time I have to caveat it with, you know, the new Sex in the City, I just feel like maybe they should have just continued to call it Sex in the City, you know, n- new season or something like that. But anyways, um, there's been so much commentary about how the women have aged. But they have aged. They've aged 20, 20 years, I think, maybe have gone by. They're just 20 years older. What on earth? would we want them to have done about it that would have been enough? Now, I'm going to trust that they have all done it in a way that makes them feel the most beautiful. And, you know, but that definition of what makes them feel the most beautiful is not coming. They haven't like gone to live on a commune for their whole life where they're just in this inner spiritual bubble of what their definition is. They're all women who have made a career by being on camera and looking a certain way. They all have even more pressure than the majority of us listening, unless you two are in a career like that. And they have been indoctrinated over many, many years as to what beautiful is. And so they are trying to figure that out for themselves as they age in an industry that doesn't want women to age, but there's literally no other option. And 
Therefore, they have all of those outside voices and pressures and opinions and ideas, and they've all handled it a little bit differently. And you know, when I look at Kim Cattrall and Kristen Davis have gotten the most work done. And, and, and Kristen Davis specifically got really criticized for that because it's clear she's had more work done than a Sarah Jessica Parker or Cynthia Nixon. But Kim and Kristen also were the sexier ones, the prettier ones, right? Like Kim Cattrall was more of the sex symbol in multiple films growing up, whereas Sarah Jessica Parker was like the quirky fun girl next door. So Kim had that pressure on her that that was why she was valuable. That's why she was liked. That's why she was paid. That's why she had a career. Same thing for Kristen. She was the more traditionally beautiful one than the Cynthia Nixon. So there's been more pressure for her on how to adapt. Now, have if she had not gotten all of those fillers, the exhausting thing is I guarantee you there would have been just as much backlash, but in the other direction that she hasn't hasn't aged well enough. People were, you know, should one of them have let their hair go gray? Should the other one have not let their hair go gray? There really was no way for them to win. And y'all, there's just no way that this commentary was coming from men. I mean, yes, I will give gay men a, a, a segment of the demographic that would have still been writing articles about this, but the, the straight men, the straight men are not the ones that are causing this quote backlash that are, that are, giving all of this feedback online. It's the women, friends. It's the women having opinions about how other women are aging when every single one of us is going to have to age. So why do we not just have immense compassion for, we're all going to have to go through that. And dear goodness, if those women are in the public eye, it's already hard enough just as a normal woman. And then You're going to be on camera with a lens right up to your face. Gosh, I give you so much grace. I give you so so much compassion. And as we said last week, I hope you feel beautiful and I wish you peace because that's what I wish for any of us. Uh, Another article I was reading, coincidentally, was an interview in the New York Times with Samantha Irby, who was, I think she was a writer last year on, on and just like the, that, maybe she's a uh, producer this season, written multiple best-selling books. And she is someone who, in her estimation, she's a black woman. She would describe herself as being in a fat body and also a, I don't know if she would say disabled body or, or chronically ill body, but she has Crohn disease, Crohn's disease that has led to arthritis. She doesn't have a, a healthy body. Her body doesn't feel physically good to be in. And she's always felt that she was in a fat body in a society that doesn't welcome that. And so she was like, I, I do not feel positive about my body. I feel angry at my body. She has made my life harder. Why couldn't I have just been given an easier body? Why couldn't one of these things been easier? I could have been either fat or either sick, but I have both double whammies where somebody else has a thinner and healthier body that just makes it easier for them to literally move around in the world throughout the day. So she's like, I'm angry at my body. I don't need to feel positive about it. I, I'm, I'm positive about my brain. My brain has never let me down. And I think that's what's so important to me about beauty positivity is that it welcomes all women. It welcomes the woman. You know, I think about my brother-in-law, Aaron, who, as you know, was in an accident a couple months ago at 26 years old, instantly paralyzed from the neck down, currently a quadriplegic, um, has some movement in his right arm to be able to navigate himself around in a power wheelchair. But 
if we change the gender there to make it feel a little more resonant, if that was your sister or your sister-in-law, would she feel positive about her body when all of a sudden it's no longer functioning? She can no longer, she no longer has autonomy over her body. She needs other people to help her dress and bathe and go to the bathroom and all of these things. I would imagine you as a woman would not be feeling positive about your body. But within that healing journey, could we also invite you to find more beauty in your life, to still celebrate the beauty that does exist every day, to enjoy the being alive even right now while your body is compromised? You know, I think about um, uh, my friend Kate Bowler, who is um, the author of a million New York Times bestselling books like uh, Everything Happens for a Reason and other lies I've loved. And she was one of the students in my early style teaching. My early style class was called Style and Styleability. And she said, I took it when I was doing chemo because I needed to know if I could still wear color. It's like I needed to still be able to embrace the joy. Like I'm, my body is failing me. My, I've got surgery scars all over my stomach. I'm assuming she was losing her hair. But she's like, I st- I'm still alive though, right? I still want to feel beautiful? What, what is that available to me to still feel beautiful? And that is just so meaningful to me that someone understood this teaching, which by the way, that original teaching was 30% of what, what makes women feel beautiful is today. I mean, it has so much depth. That was 10 years ago. I created that in 2013. Um, so today what is in there tenfold supports someone like Kate and where they're at in their life. And that to me, friends, is what makes it safe and healthy because it's not just safe for me because I'm in a smaller body and a healthy body today. It's also safe for Samantha to feel beauty positive when she is in what she, what she describes as a fat, ill body that she feels angry at. It's also safe for Kate when she was in the throes of chemotherapy and going through multiple rounds of surgery to say, I can still choose to feel body positive. I can still find that joy in my life. And you know what is most important to me, friend? Also, because again, we got to put on our own oxygen mask first, right? We, we want to love our neighbor. We want to be kind, but that only happens truly and authentically when we start by loving and being kind to ourselves. And the reason it's so important to me is because it then means it's safe for me if I one day am also angry at my body like Samantha is. If, if I one day have some illness or injury and I am in a much larger body, as I age, which I inevitably will, and I have more wrinkles and I have so much gray hair and so many wrinkles, it now looks ridiculous for me to have no gray hair le- like left, so I got to transition my hair at some point. I only want a definition of feeling beautiful that is not going to expire in, in, in 20, 30 years when I age, that, that isn't that doesn't tell myself, this only works as long as you stay thin, okay? This only works as long as you have money. You're only feeling okay right now, but if if this money goes away, it is not going to be okay. It has to feel safe for me that I can evolve, that I don't have to have this sense of control, that instead I have tools, that I am always going to feel safe, that I'm going to feel safe if I were to have a child, if I were to adopt a child that had a larger body that they need to have a mother who has a definition of beauty that welcomes them. 
If I were to uh, adopt a child at some point that was of a different, different ethnicity, my definition of beauty needs to also include them. If I were to have a child that were non-binary or a girl who wanted to dress like a boy or like, again, my definition needs to include them. It can't just be that I'm figuring out how to make it okay enough as long as I lose 10 pounds and get the occasional Botox, et cetera, while knowing there is nothing wrong with wanting to lose 10 pounds and get the additional Botox. It doesn't mean we opt out of all of that because it is not about all or nothing. It's about getting 10% healthier season by season giving ourselves grace and all of us compassion that we are under decades of indoctrination that we are rolling out from under. So we will never shame ourselves for still struggling with aging or weight or acne or feeling insecure or getting to that party and feeling like we're underdressed or overdressed or whatever it is. Because yeah, we live in a society where extrinsic beauty is a thing and where it's been so co-opted by the extrinsic part that it's often hard for us to really tune into and prioritize the intrinsic part. Intrinsic means it's a goal that's meaningful to you. Feeling beautiful intrinsically is how I feel. I was literally moved to tears the other night. I just felt so happy. It was golden hour in my apartment. My husband, uh, Jeremy was out of town. He was helping Aaron in Salt Lake City for the week. And um, it was just me and Mr. Freddie Cappuccino, our kitten. And the sun was streaming in. And I just done really good work that day. And I just, like, I just felt so proud and happy. And it was just for me. It wasn't for anybody else. And also, I want to be able to go to the wedding I went to a week and a half ago and wear a dress that a couple women are like, I love that dress. Where's it from? I love that color. Like, yeah, I also, that's okay. It's okay to be happy about the extrinsic part as long as what I prioritize more is the intrinsic part. So beauty positivity for me. First of all, it, it's very intentional that the word is what makes women feel beautiful, not look. It's about how it feels to you. What makes you feel better? And what makes you feel better, friend, is actually what makes you feel better. So if you getting a facelift makes you feel better, get the facelift. If you, if it makes you feel better that you've decided that All summer, you are going to wear no makeup and take that exact same time that you spend putting makeup on and instead watch the sunrise and meditate and that's going to make you feel better. Great. You do that. You do that with zero judgment for the woman who's getting the facelift and she has zero judgment for the fact that you're out there in, you know, in the world without any makeup on at this wedding, on this Zoom, like whatever it is. The other part of beauty positivity is it includes your whole life. It includes your outside self, your clothes, your face, your hair. It includes what feels beautiful to you on the outside. Like I'm wearing a, a dark gray silk dress right now and it just feels beautiful to me. I, the, the feel of this fabric, the cut of it, the drape of it. I don't have to wear a bra with it. I can wear dark underwear with it, which I'm like, you know, lo, I'm low on the lights, light underwear because I'm about to do laundry. Um, so all of that like makes you feel beautiful. It made me feel beautiful to just put on some like tinted moisturizer and a little bit of lip gloss. It makes me feel beautiful that I have clean hair today. Not bragging, but 
I washed my hair, which hadn't happened for a while. So that makes me feel beautiful. Beauty positivity includes the outside, the joy and the delight of our outside self. It also includes our outside life. The the beauty positivity includes noticing flowers and loving being with your friends and getting a drink at a nice hotel bar because it feels really chic. It feels like having your elegant excellence journal, which is like, for me, beauty positivity is even as I look around at my desk, like I've got a piece of artwork from one of my favorite artists that I then turned into the cover of the elegant excellence journal. So I could give you a piece of fine art to have in your hands to inspire you as you sit down and journal throughout your week. Like that is beauty positivity. It includes your outside life and looking around and finding your life in general beautiful. And that includes visually, like that is a pretty journal cover and a pretty picture. It includes, oh my gosh, my, my baby, my, um, my cat is adorable right now. And that's what I'm looking at. It includes the sun and in this park and that water that God created, not me, that that is beautiful. It includes your outside life. And then it also includes your inside life, your thoughts, your feelings, your beliefs. Because the outside is never going to be enough without the inside. If we don't feel beautiful on the inside, which means we've got to really peel back the layers to understand why do I have so many beliefs right now that do not make me feel good, that do not make me feel beautiful. And I've got to get to the root of those to understand the source so I can question the source, so I can point out the lie, so I can start to pour more true wisdom that really stands up under scrutiny and curiosity and pushback from my brain to implant better feeling, truer, kinder, healthier thoughts and beliefs and behaviors from the inside so that then I can enjoy the outside of my personal beauty in a way that actually does feel healthy and welcoming and inclusive to all and go beyond that to say, I just have a beautiful life in general. It doesn't have to be exclusively tied to my body and my beauty, but I also don't have to have an all or nothing approach that says that's silly when I know it's an innate desire, nor that says since I can't achieve the world standards, I'm just going to opt out. That's just, that's just shooting yourself in the foot. That's just stealing your own joy to like stick it to the man. Like, I'm just going to opt out. See how you feel about that. And they're like, I mean, we're bummed because we can't make more money off you. But also, friend, you're the only one that's hurting yourself. The only way to authentically reclaim just the abuse, frankly, that we have received from all of this messaging is to say, I free myself. It is my definitions of beautiful and I allow that definition of beautiful for everyone else. And for me, beauty positivity, it, it's the beauty that it can be, the beauty that has nothing to do with your body. It is my signature red-orange lipstick. I have this like color from Kat Von D that oh, I just absolutely love. I found no other lipstick that I have loved more for so many years than that exact color. I just love the way that it looks with my eyes and I could be 
you know, five, 10 pounds heavier, lighter, whatever. I'm still, I've always loved that lipstick color because it pairs to my eyes and that doesn't change. It's my grandmother's ring, my engagement ring um, that I love. I love it, the story of it. I love the meaning of it. And that has nothing to do with whether or not I'm looking thin. When another woman compliments me on my ring, I never think about how my stomach looks. They're not associated, but I see the beauty. The barista sees the beauty. We both have a moment of beauty. I get to talk about my grandmother and how she worked for herself in an age where other women were not working. She created her own business outside of her home. I think that is freaking badass for the time. And she bought herself this amazing ring while having two kids at home and not a lot of money, but she did something for herself that made her feel beautiful. And I find that so deeply inspiring. And that's what happens when I look at this ring. And that is beauty positivity. And it doesn't have anything to do with my my stomach or, you know, the size. It's the floral pattern that you love in the dress at any size. You can find a beautiful floral pattern in a size double zero or 22. So it doesn't have to be that I have to be a certain size in order to find a print that makes me feel swoony. Now, beauty positivity can also include your body. Because again, there is no shame in wanting to change something about your body. I have had numerous times in my life where I did not like my body because I was overeating so much crappy food that I just wasn't treating it well. When I started eating healthier, I lost weight. I felt better. That makes sense. I wasn't treating it kindly before. I wasn't putting nutritious things into it. I was giving it extra weight that it didn't need because I just was making poorer choices. So you can change your body and feel better about yourself. And we don't have to say, you know, someone like Adele, I remember when she lost weight, there was an interview she did with Oprah. And Oprah noted that like some women in larger bodies were upset that Adele had lost weight as though like you represented us and now you've given in to the Western beauty standard that, that you were an icon for us and now you've gone and quote changed to get thinner. And I, I was so proud of her. Adele was like, absolutely not. She was like, I cannot be your, I, I, my body cannot be for you. I was going through a divorce and a depression, and I realized that when I started moving my body, my brain felt like it could function. And I made myself healthier, and absolutely, I will not stay less healthy so you feel better about yourself. You have to be on your own journey. And I love that because she didn't lose the weight because it made her like feel more beautiful by the external beauty standards. But even if it had, she's under the same, she's under the same indoctrination. We are all friends. We've got to give her compassion as well. But I've had that same feeling. When I've started working out, I feel better about myself. Last year, Jeremy and I started going to hot yoga um, and I was loving it. I would feel, I felt so strong afterwards. I felt so powerful afterwards. Um, we couldn't handle the hot yoga, so we stopped that for a while. Now I've started going to the gym in our building for the last few months, and I feel like I'm caring for my burnout. I feel like I'm caring for my mind. I feel like I'm not being hypocritical that I say I want to not be burnt out, and then I'm not doing something that I know would help. So 
you can want to change something about your body, how you're feeding your body, how you're moving your body, etc. And that does is not, first of all, it, it may not be in contrast at contradiction at all because it's just about feeling better and it may be in a healthy way. But even if it is to be more in line with our Western beauty standards, friends, we are all digging out of this indoctrination. We should all be proud of ourselves if we are getting 10% better. We should want that for all of ourselves or for, or for one another rather than ever shaming someone because they're still under the very same indoctrination that we all are. We are all the victims and we should never be shaming another victim for the fact that she is still trying to heal and doing her best at what feels healthier to her. To me, beauty positivity expands the definition of what makes you feel beautiful. It can include eating healthier. It can include wearing a great dress. It can also include healing your triggers so you're less emotionally rocky. Like that makes me feel more beautiful when I am less of an anxious, highly triggered person than I was 10 years ago. That makes me feel more beautiful. It's loving the way you decorated your living room. That, that makes me feel like my life is more beautiful. It's the friendship that makes you feel really comfortable. All of that is what makes women feel beautiful, but it also does include the outside part. We don't dismiss that in order to say, oh, I'm going to opt out because culture has taken that definition. No, we're also going to reclaim that definition so that if the red lipstick or the great dress or the soft silk or the pretty pattern or the heirloom ring or having your hair washed or blown out or curled or colored for the grays, whatever it is, makes you feel better, then that's what we want. What beauty positivity is not about is anything having to do with ranking, judgment, comparison, or control. Everything on what I call the invisible staircase asks, am I on a safe enough step compared to the people around me? Am I pretty enough, young enough, thin enough, well-dressed enough, likable enough, professional enough? Am I enough on this step? that I'm going to be able to get the date, keep the relationship, get the job, make the friends in this place, not be judged, not be talked about, whatever. And when we get used to living endlessly on that staircase, then we look around with that same judgment all the time at all of these Examples we've talked about today, we're just so used to judging. Do I think she's a little above or below me on the step that we don't even realize how much it's in our thoughts? But when it comes to whether or not someone is beauty positive, you can't judge that because only she can know if it really truly makes her happier in a healthy way. Because you can pursue things in an unhealthy way. Like years ago, I had a friend who was having an affair. And I said to her, I don't think this is making you happy. Because I didn't care first and foremost whether it was right or wrong. My genuine first concern was not coming from a place of judgment. You shouldn't do that. That's not right. It was truly, I don't think this is making you happy. 
And if you will be honest about what's making you happy or unhappy, then you will make healthier choices, which really are going to be better for you. Even unrelated to the other people that are being harmed in the situation. But I think you are going to be happier if you're doing something that's healthy. If that original plus size influencer, if she will feel happier with the cellulite cream, then how dare you try to control her in the exact same way as the culture telling her she needs to be smaller. She shouldn't be at peace with her body. And then you're saying, no, 180 degrees the opposite. You must be at perfect peace with your body. And we will accept nothing in between. But friend, we are all in the in-between. It's the only thing that is truthful and real is that we are all on the journey. We know about bodily autonomy, right? We should all have control over our bodies. We are better now about teaching children bodily autonomy to realize like how to protect themselves and keep themselves safe. Beauty autonomy is that she gets to choose for her what makes her feel beautiful. Now, of course, you can unfollow her or you distance the friendship, the relationship, if it's not healthy for you. Now, if it's not healthy for her, you might distance yourself with great compassion for her. You don't want to have pity for her. Be like, oh, seems like she's still giving her those Western beauty standards and hair flick. I'm better than that now. So I'm going to unfollow because I am healthier. No, you friend, you do it with such empathy. You're like, I think you are struggling in this way, and that is a little bit triggering for me to see, so I'm going to unfollow, but friend, that's because we are all on the same journey. Every single woman is so deeply indoctrinated by this that I give you so much empathy and compassion if you think that that's what you need to do to feel beautiful, to get likes, to get approval. I don't want that to be the definition, so I'm unfollowing, but without judgment. Because I know that there are other areas in which I am under that same indoctrination and we are all just working on it. But if it's healthy for her, you might stay in the relationship, in the friendship, following the person and say, you know what? It's time for me to grow. I want to be able to be around healthy women who define beauty differently than me. And that's okay. Because I just need to define it for me and they can define it for them. I don't have to control them. We've all been controlled for far too long. Um, Shalene Johnson is an example of this for me. We have very different definitions of, um, of beauty. Shalene wears a lot more makeup than I do. She has a full beat of makeup even if she's going to the gym. But I have no problem following her because I believe she's a very healthy, self-aware woman that that's what makes her feel beautiful. And she's authentic about it. She's honest about it. She talks about her, her, she'll tell you what false eyelashes she's using. She'll tell you what beauty procedures she's gotten done. She's not trying to feel more beautiful than other women because she's inviting you into everything that she's had done if you want to do it. But we just have different definitions of what makes us feel beautiful. I just don't feel beautiful taking that much time and energy to put on um, makeup or I just feel more beautiful in a natural face, but I don't feel triggered by her. I actually see it as a sign of evolution, of being beauty positive that she wears 
much tighter clothes than I do, shorter dresses, um, smaller bikinis, like all of that. But there is an energy, an ethos that she's not doing it to show her body off to you. She's doing it because it makes her feel beautiful. And that's just a je ne sais quoi. That's just following someone for a lot of years who's older than me that I have respect for. I have respect for their maturity and I feel that they're emotionally healthy. And so I can follow someone and say, oh, that doesn't make me think I need to be wearing shorter skirts or tighter clothes or that's just what makes her feel beautiful. And that when that to me is when we really know we've reached this beauty positivity, that we aren't trying to control someone else. We aren't trying to judge someone else. We're looking to surround ourselves with other women who are healthy and define beauty differently for themselves because we aren't looking to have the same exact definition. We are just looking to be around other women that also are authentically, healthily defining what makes them feel beautiful for them. And we all look different. That is why I love this analogy that the opposite of the staircase is what I call the garden. In a garden, we can have all of that beautiful diversity. We can have all the different colors and shapes and sizes and And things like the diversity just makes it more beautiful. I don't need only one shade of exact red roses in the garden. To me, is far prettier a garden that has a plethora of diversity. So too, I can welcome that in my world. And that means I don't need a beauty positive influencer to not use cellulite cream just because I'm not wanting to use cellulite cream as long as she is talking about it in a healthy way. And so within the garden, you are welcome if you want Botox or you don't. You just aren't welcome to shame or judge other women for whichever choice they make because we have compassion for the stories we're all under. You can let your grays grow in or you can dye your hair. You can want the simplest closet that just gets the job done or absolutely love clothes and style and fashion and plain. You can want to look thinner or you can want to stop trying to look thinner. You are welcome in both of those places. If you aren't positive about your body, you can You can join us inside What Makes Women Feel Beautiful. You are welcome in this community. You can be beauty positive friends and still want to lose 20 pounds because maybe that is not the healthiest weight for your body right now. I don't know. Only you know. And you also can be beauty positive and realize I've been wanting to lose the same 20 pounds for the last 20 years. And this is such an energy leak. And as I get into this teaching, I understand it's because I've been so indoctrinated into smaller bodies being better. And now that I understand where that's really coming from and I understand the science and the data and the research and the history and Hillary's helping me unravel it from all these different perspectives. And I am finally, for the first time in my life, finding peace and freedom that maybe this is just my body and it's been my body for decades and I can just stop being at war with it and I can just start enjoying my life. And then for someone else, they're going to lose 20 pounds because they actually have been unkind to their body because they're trying so hard to control it and shame it and all these things. And when they just start to love it and treat it well, it, 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 it does change their body. I mean, I've lost weight since going to the gym. My goal wasn't to, to lose weight. My goal was to feel better in my head, in my body, because I didn't want to be burnt out. 
and that and it did change my body but it wasn't the goal it was to the goal was to change how i feel you can want all of that friends you can wear, be anywhere on the spectrum and you are welcome here we don't judge you for what you want we explore why we all want what we want in order to make sure that what we want is actually the healthiest option for us while we become 10% healthier in what we want it is not all or nothing. We are not going to change overnight. We just want to be able to find things that are a little easier, a little healthier, make us feel a little better, and invite more women to feel beautiful. You know, it's a whole deeper conversation that we can have, but if we idealize the thick, long, flowing hair, and that's our definition of beauty for ourselves, How can we find that balance that it does make us feel most beautiful to put in these hair extensions and, you know, whatever. How can we balance that that makes us feel beautiful and we know that the vast majority of women have thin hair, that what we're seeing on celebrities is not real hair. They're wearing far more hair pieces than we realize. And most of the examples that we have out there are not realistic, but it's like one of the main areas that we lack transparency. And so therefore we're trying to do all the things to keep this one definition of having beautiful hair. And yet we look around and there's so many women that can't meet it. There's so many women that have alopecia and thinning hair and are losing their hair from chemotherapy or losing their hair after pregnancy, et cetera. And so then we just start to question without shaming ourselves. We just start to wonder, is my definition tied to if you have money or are naturally thin or are white, or have my religious beliefs, which maybe mean that my definition of beautiful is more covered up, but that might come from my religious convictions. And if you have different convictions, then can I leave space that you might have a different definition? And when we realize it's not accessible to everyone, then we start to realize that we might be perpetuating that story for others who can't reach it, that we might be making others feel bad in our effort to feel good. And we start to wonder if maybe we could define feeling good in a way that's also more inclusive. That's the long-term goal, friend. That's where that's where we're headed. That's why I created the Garden Party, which is a community that's going to be here for years to come. And you're joining, you're joining now, but we're still going to be in there as a member five years from now, 10 years from now, because this is a long journey to becoming 10% better every year, to becoming the kind of woman that is kinder to herself and kinder to others. But that's step two. Step one is we have to put on our own oxygen mask first. The only woman that can make other women feel safer has first made herself feel safe. And from that place, it actually is easier than you think to start to shift those definitions to be more inclusive because you have enough. The staircase is always about scarcity. It's always about a fear that we are not safe enough on the step that we are on. And no one ever feels safe. The women on the highest step of the beauty standard are on ridiculously restrictive diets and photoshopping themselves and 
getting airbrushed and wearing shapewear and they are not safe enough on the top step. Where, where can Kristen Davis go? She's not safe enough to look younger than her age. She's not safe enough to look her age. She's, and she's naturally a beautiful woman and she's very successful at one of like the most iconic shows about women in, in, in sexuality and beauty ever. And, and it's not, a, there's no way she's on the top step and she's not safe enough. She's getting criticized left and right. What makes women feel beautiful is about you being safer in your own skin your own head and thoughts and beliefs, your own heart, your own goals for yourself will actually be safe, not just when you achieve them at 33, but they're still going to be there at 43 or 53 or 63 or 73. You aren't going to realize they only worked when you were in your 20s or they only worked as long as you could keep your your gray hairs dyed or whatever it is. And you becoming safer in yourself is ultimately what makes it safer for all of us. Because then you become more relaxed and gentle and you you give yourself more possibilities. So you give all of us that relaxed and gentle and more possibilities as well, which welcomes all of us when we have different sized bodies and bank accounts and, you know, our, our natural hair looks different and all of the things, which ultimately is how we get off this never-ending staircase where we can rest. We can finally feel better. We can love our beautiful lives more. We can appreciate how beautiful our lives really are. Not 10 pounds from now, not a year from now, not after we get that next haircut, not after we make a little bit more money so we can get a little bit better clothes, but now. They're, They're beautiful now. And that's why also my approach is about encouraging all of our students to go on a shopping freeze so that there actually is no extra money needed in order to join in this experience because you're just replacing it with the other things in your budget. You're just questioning if the five-step beauty routine is really what you need. You're questioning if the 16 products an average woman puts on her face a day is really the amount of products that you need. You question if maybe you just do put off those beauty treatments for the next two years because is it really going to make that much of a difference 20 years from now, what you're doing in these next two years? So I just encourage you to look at where you're, you're spending right Right now and just reallocate that for a season of time to get this education so that from that place you realize we, we have enough. We have enough in this area. We have enough in this area that we can feel better now as we are. We can rest today and we can invite other women to do the same. That is what Beauty Positive is all about. That is what beauty positive is all about. And friend, that is where my head goes when I see articles like this all throughout culture. I can see three articles in a day and see all of the threads in this that are going across a a a fat black woman with a chronic illness to iconic celebrities on a iconic show to a body positive influencer over here. And when you start to see the world in this way, you start to realize how much more ease and freedom there is available to ourselves and to other women when we just heal in this way.
when we can just feel beautiful in our lives and ourselves today. That is beauty positivity. It is a way of being in the world. It is a way of seeing the world. It's a way of moving throughout your everyday. That's what I'm teaching you. That's what I'm inviting you into. And that's what, when you live it out, you naturally pass it on. Just by living, just by being you, you model it. And that truly, friends, is how we'll change the world. It's how we'll change culture. It is, if nothing else, how we will change our inner circle. But you get a couple hundred inner circles, a couple thousand inner circles, and you really can start to make a difference. And I am so grateful that you are here to be a part of it because I can't do it on my own. I cannot protect my nieces. I cannot protect my future children if I have them on my own. Friend, I need you. You can't protect your daughter, your niece, your son. You can't protect yours on your own. You need us. We need each other. And I am so grateful that you are here and that you are going to join us and go deeper in this step as starting on the summer solstice, June 21, we move into this new season and this movement starts today with you and I. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately. Have I talked about the seated shower, friend? So the seated shower is something that I discovered when I was sick. Quite a few years ago, um, Jeremy and I both got horribly sick while we were on a trip one time. And it's like the only thing that would make him feel better. I mean, this is going to sound so gross for a minute. Apologies. Um, Is he would lie in the shower. We didn't have a bathtub in our um, hotel. He would lie in the shower um, and just where he could like vomit, like in, in just be like on his side, but like something about the water was like relaxing. Then I got sick next and I was like, oh my gosh, there's really something to this. Like it relaxes your body. You're so tense, right? When you're sick and you're afraid you're going to vomit or you have chills, you're sweaty. And I was like, oh, this like relaxes your body. You don't have to stand up, but you, you're not sweating in your bed, whatever. So originally came from sickness, but then I started to realize that there is something kind of magical in the seated shower. So when you go to take a bath, it's very relaxing, right? And you put in the the Epsom salts and the magnesium oil and like all of the things that I like lay in there and it's great. But I can't wash my hair. I mean, I don't know about you, maybe other people do this, but to me, like I've got all the, I've got the bubble bath and the the salts and the oils and all the stuff in there. I'm not going to wash my hair from there. And a lot of times I I don't have, I don't feel like I have the time to do both. By the time I take a bath and then I go take a shower and wash my hair, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't have time to do both of these. So I feel like I can either get the relaxation or I can wash my hair. So instead, I will do the seated candlelight shower. So you put on some candles, you put on some zen vibey music. I have a, um, a, a speaker that goes in my shower that suctions to the wall. It was like $30 or something. I've had it for years, but um, also you can sometimes just put it based on how soundproof your shower is. You can just put it outside the window. Um, so I will put on calming music. I will light candles. I will turn off the other lights. I will put a towel on the floor so that your bum isn't sitting like right on the hard tiles. I'll fold up a small towel, put it on the floor. I will then take another small towel, put it behind my back so your back is not resting up against the cold wall. And I will just sit under the water and just kind of allow it to pour over me in that same relaxation of the bath, 
But then I can also sit there on the floor and uh, and wash my hair. So I can do my like double, you know, I, shampoo, I do a double shampoo. You want to make sure you're like not putting all of the product just on the top of your hair. You want to put like it also on the bottom of your hair. You want to get it all throughout. And there's a lot of times like I put shampoo on my hands and then I go straight to the crown of my head, the top, and it's not evenly dispersed. So you disperse it evenly throughout. You do the second um, rinse. You put the... Um, the conditioner on there. You can do your face mask while you're sitting down there. And it's just like the hybrid of, I'm going to give myself five more minutes than my normal shower would take. I am going to get to sit and rest and there's going to be feel something like more luxurious about this. But also like sister's got to wash her hair and um, I also like to shave in the bath. That feels really gross to me. Like sometimes you're just like, I got to shave today. So I can do all of that like all in one. And it's my sort of like restful yet time efficient, right? It's like giving the the extra energy of the calming self-care, but also being realistic that we've got things to do. And um, that sweet spot is basically where I try to live as often as possible. <laughs> so I hope this little um, insight may have inspired you. You're welcome. In advance, and of course, I will see you on the keynote how to finally feel confident and at peace in your body, plus save time, energy, and $2,000 a year. That is at hillaryrushford.com slash bodypeace. Join me live for that keynote, for the Q&A. Get the replay before it expires there, and I will see you inside What Makes Women Feel Beautiful when the doors open today. And then, of course, over on Instagram in my feed and Instagram stories so we can hang out more until I welcome you inside the garden party and get to know you more personally personally, as I get to know your name, your face, your story, as we journey together over the next year and beyond. I cannot wait. I will see you there, my friend, as always, with grace and gumption. You are so welcome here, and this is the right place for you at the right time with the right people to feel better, to feel more beautiful, to feel like the best version of yourself you already are today. We're just going to help you see it and feel it even more. Till next Wednesday.